Today on the show, Dave and JJ Heller talk turning awkward stage moments into charm, the random places their music has popped up, and so much more on episode 75 of Who Writes This Stuff? Hello and welcome to Who Writes This Stuff, a podcast. I'm your host of said podcast, Nick Flora. I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is number 75, which uh, means, is that the, what is that, the diamond anniversary? Does that mean all you guys have to buy me diamonds now? Uh, Basically, it does mean that it officially concludes season three of the podcast. And what does that mean, you ask? Nothing, really. Uh, It just makes my brain happy to divide things up into 25 increments and uh, call it a season. Why not? Uh, I was going to take a break next week um, and not post an episode since it's the season finale today, but there are so many good episodes coming up, honestly. And, and I have so many banked that I'm excited for you to hear that I really don't even want to take a break. So I decided to keep posting them anyway. Deal. Okay. Deal. I, it's nice to be the boss. I can just do that. You know, whatever I want, I'm just going to do that. So, uh, okay. First, uh, to kick off this season finale, I feel like I need to share with you guys what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What'd you learn? Uh, this week, I learned a lot about one thing because I watched a uh, a weird freaking documentary on Scientology. Um, I'm sure a lot of you have too. Uh, it's it, HBO released the documentary Going Clear, and there's a lot of nuts of things that Scientology um, has taught us, basically. Um, and now I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm actually a little bit weirded out by it because apparently if you attack Scientology... Uh, they will come after you, much like the mob. Um, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it, except for it was really interesting and strange. I found it very interesting and also very strange because it's different from anything else that I've ever really encountered, um, except for, you know, other religions. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I learned is that Anderson Cooper did a week-long five-part investigation critiquing it, uh, the, the church, Scientology, and... So the church in turn published a 95 page magazine attacking him, which seems really petty and and strange, but you know what? I don't know. Do what you got to do. I don't, please don't attack me. I have nothing against you. Do what you want to (laughs) do. Just don't hurt people in the process. Um, which rumor, rumor has it. They kind of do hurt people in the process, but don't hurt people in the process. Uh, so that's what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What'd you learn? It really is a fascinating documentary, though. If you have a chance to watch it, Going Clear on HBO, uh, check it out. It's definitely eye-opening and uh, very similar to a lot of other religions, weirdly enough. But um, anyway, this week's episode is uh, J.J. Heller, which a lot of you know. Uh, J.J. and uh, her husband, Dave, live here in Nashville and uh, were gracious enough to have me come to their house to this uh, to the interview while their kids slept upstairs, um, took naps. Um, and uh, Dave is very heavily involved in JJ's career as well, um, not just on the business side, but he, he uh, plays guitar and, and writes with her. And they're a great pair, really great couple. And uh, I had a great time hanging out with them. And um, man, I wish you could have been there. Oh, wait, you can be there because I recorded it. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, I hope you uh, get a kick out of this episode. And uh, as we wrap up, Episode 75, season three of the podcast. It's uh, the, There's a really big cliffhanger at the end. You guys are going to be r- just 
biting your nails waiting for next week's, uh, which is the Vespers are on next week. If all, if good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, as they say in Arkansas and other places where they say such, such things, probably every Cracker Barrel you go to, they probably say that. So, okay, without further ado, here's episode 75 with Dave and JJ Heller. like phoenix i don't know that part of town well that's like far west right <laughs> but you just keep going like yeah. past charlotte exit yeah. 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 oklahoma stay on 40 actually 40 runs into arizona at least so yeah it does so what you were here and then you went to arizona and then no. you came back yes well we were no. in, wait which one is it we were <laughs> in arizona lived in east nashville moved back to arizona moved to franklin so just for like fun, just like yeah, life experiments. Just like, let's just let's just bounce around. You know, it'd be really expensive and super fun. <laughs> I was like, I just want to get like tastes of different sides of the country. Let's just uproot everything, you know, back and forth. Thinking. You know, we need maybe your story wasn't interesting enough. You just need some. Uh, what, what was the initial? What was the idea there? It was just a change of scenery. Was it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing. I'm joking. You're like, no, that's what it was. That's what we what we did. Can't you appreciate the art in that? <laughs> Our lives are art, Nick. Get over it. Uh, was it job stuff or was it just well, your family out there? Okay, so this month we will celebrate our 12th anniversary, which means that it's been 12 years that we've been playing music music full time. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. So we got married in California, right out of college, and we knew we wanted to play music full-time. And so we moved to Arizona because it was way less expensive. And everybody there is trying to be a musician. Oh, yeah. Phoenix is you just know, crawling with yeah. the mecca, music mecca. <laughs> yeah, Glendale's like East Nashville. It's just yeah. crawling with those hipsters. Totally. And, uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, um, my family was there. Okay. And so it made sense to go somewhere where we had some support. And so what we did for like the first three years that we were married is like play Arizona, drive I-10 over to L.A. and then take I-5 mm-hmm. up the West Coast. And we just kind of like we'd go to JJ's parents' house and we'd kind of play that area. And then we'd come back down and play back in Phoenix. Okay. And then eventually we met like Jeremy Casella was playing a show with Case and Cooley mm-hmm. at like Grand Canyon University. And, There's um, a Grand Canyon University. Uh huh. It's not at I the Grand to, Canyon. Oh, I was, like, I was like, I, I'm really mad at my high school counselor for not telling me about this. I would love to go to college at the Grand Canyon. Yeah, you just like you parachute down yeah, every morning, yeah. just jump off. It's it, most students don't make it. It's right. very, very, yeah. very. It's uh, risky. Sad. It's really risky. Oh. Wait, so, so had, did you know Jeremy and Kaysen before then? No. We just kind of introduced ourselves. Yeah. Okay. We Wait, were, so what was the timeline here? When it, so you, you were in Arizona. That was like 2003. Okay. And we met Casella probably at the end of 2004. Okay. Um, and then we like we made our first record in Tennessee at the beginning of 2006. Okay. Um, so like Jeremy said, like you need to come out. To, to Tennessee and make a record. And so we actually, we talked to Osinga. Yeah. And then we also talked to Mitch Dane. Mm-hmm. Um, 
A bunch of jerks. Just yeah, not, those guys are just no, the worst. not a nice guy in the bunch. <laughs> no. That's not, really too bad. Not quality at all. <laughs> no, there's no quality coming out of either of those <laughs> those gentlemen. Uh, that seems to be the the sort of Jeremy saying that is sort of the natural thing when I go on the road. It's the same way wherever I whenever I see somebody that I'm like really taken by musically. I'm like, you need to come to Nashville. Like we're exactly. trying to collect totally. everybody into like, you know, I feel like that's just a normal sort of like, have you heard of, yeah. And you name off people and you're like, come be a part of our collective. It's sort of like we're going out and recruiting. People. Yeah. Well, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, you don't know the quality of the mute, like the studios or the yeah. talent at whatever town that you're in. And so it's like, I got a buddy who lives down the street who could make you a killer record, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what it felt like. It's like we gave, we gave the record that we had to him and he was like, you could make a better one in Nashville. And so like we, we did and we loved it. It was like the first record that we made that we actually felt proud of. Oh, wow. And then... That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like that summer, we had to move because um, we were in like a temporary living situation and it was like, well... Um, we could either move into like a rental situation or mm-hmm. we can like move to Nashville. And so that's what we did. We were like, let's move across the country. So we, we, and we figured like we'd start getting gigs on this side of the country. Yeah. And all it did was increase demand for JJ back in the Southwest. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting how that happens? <laughs> you like, kind of have to leave your home area not hometown but maybe to kind of be in demand there totally you know they didn't know what they had that's what i said <laughs> and then they're just calling you back yeah they want you i mean that's the way it was for me i grew up in arkansas and like leaving when i left there to move here it was just sort of like time to leave i just felt like i was wearing everybody thin from trying to book shows <laughs> like you know uh, i mean it's just like being here and trying to book shows and get every one of your friends to come out and see it and then as soon as i left not as soon but you know, the first record that I put out when I left, it was sort of, you know, not in demand, but it was definitely been more fun to go back and people, you know, because they, they don't, they can't take you for granted. Like totally. I said. Yeah. Totally. So whether that's the case or not. It, I mean, it, it definitely felt that way. <laughs> so was there a lot of just going back and forth yes. or did you have... Is that what it was? Yeah, we just flew all the time. Because what do you do? You know, you don't know how long you're going to be in. You don't want people to forget you or like, you know, feel like they're forgotten as fans or whatever. That's so that's such a hard, you know, I I feel like that. And maybe you feel this way, too, whenever people will like write on your Facebook wall or tweet you or be like, come to Chicago. And like, if you could get like 100 other people to say that, (laughs) I want to come and play for you because this is what I love. But (laughs) it just gets, you know, I feel like the... You know, logistics of it all sort of get lost. Uh, you know, you kind of to make it worthwhile. Like I, you know, this isn't personal, but if you could, oh yeah, totally, get a bunch of friends together. <laughs> I know it's funny people post that and think that it's our decision. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you want us? Okay, we'll come to Chicago then. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, contact a concert promoter. I know. Um, get them to contact our booking yeah. agency and. Um, but we're just I w- ju- looking at the loops now there's a bunch to jump through before we get there you know it, I mean it's nice to know that you're in demand somewhere but it, yeah. it's still if, yeah if nothing else it's it's very affirming oh absolutely somebody in Chicago wants us to play music I know it's the greatest and that's one gift that the internet has given us that we can you know when I consulted with it this morning <laughs> it's one of the things that <laughs> I thanked it for uh, but so, so 
Arizona and then you moved here. Yeah. And then back there? Yep. Yeah. I mean, like eventually. Because we were, of the demand? Yeah. We yeah. were just kind of like, well. We didn't get any gigs out here. Yeah. So we just kept. It, it wasn't that we kept flying out west because we didn't want to lose our fan base there. We were flying out west because we weren't getting gigs anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> so. So were you, were you basically trying in like Nashville proper? Mm-hmm. Or just like no. the the like I, the region? I, I was calling everywhere. Mm. Every surrounding state. And the people who said yes lived in like the southwest and the northwest. Yeah. And so it was just like, well, we're flying a lot to the other <laughs> side of the country. Like, let's let's go where the gigs are. So we like we moved over there. Well, in in addition to that, we um we had a baby mm-hmm. when we were living in East Nashville and um both sets of grandparents were out west and so we're just thinking okay all our gigs are out west the grandparents are out west what are we doing in tennessee the help if you will yeah 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 Yeah. and so we moved back to phoenix well and and one other detail is that like there ended up being like a family crisis where like my brother ended up having like cancer oh my gosh and it was like wow this this is serious it just totally makes sense Mm -hmm. so we moved to arizona we were like supporting my family and like there was a baby in this whole like sort of tragic situation that we were encountering. Um, and so like it made a lot of sense for us to be back in Arizona. Yeah. And then literally within like a couple months of us being in Arizona, JJ song ended up being played on, um, so you think you can dance like mm-hmm. the TV show, and then because of that, a guy who worked at a radio station in Texas played it on his station, and because of that guy, like the song ended up on national radio, and so just out of nowhere, you don't yeah. know where that somebody, music supervisor somewhere heard it or knew it. Yeah, uh huh. But he, I mean, like he well he watched the show, so you think you can dance, and he looked up our song because they don't they don't write who wrote the song so he googled the lyrics oh found out it was us and then he was filling in for his morning dj the next morning Mm -hmm. and just on a whim decided to play our song that's like old school like 1950s i know dj decides to play something that doesn't happen i know it's like literally the hand of god yeah (laughs) that is insane your song shall be on the radio Crawl, how to walk and how 
<laughs> Wait, but how did So You Think You Can Dance get the song? Do you, do we, do you know that? Yeah, a girl... Um, well, it was on the auditions. Yeah. So it was just oh. a song that a contestant so a, chose. A contestant brought it in. Yep. Do you know who that contestant was? Yeah. Well, we do I guess because it was on the th- <laughs> Like, do you send her like a fruit basket every week? <laughs> <laughs> we, what we did is we like, we went, she lived in Kansas in, at the time and we flew to Kansas and we played a thank you concert. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, how do you not? I would go, I would, I would be like, well, do you need anything else? You would need some grocery shopping. I what know. Else? <laughs> what else can I do? Because yeah. that's the kind of stuff is so... Random, it seems like you don't know. You know, I know people in this town. I might be one of them who's trying to like figure out the the key and like the to get that in the hands of people, and you just don't know. It's just it just yeah. right time, right place kind yeah. of thing. Exactly. I mean, you work hard so that when you do get that break, you're ready. Yeah. For it. And you just gotta make the songs as good as you can make it too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no real control what you can control kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like we've gotten some TV placements since then, mm-hmm. and if we tried to make a living doing that, we would be like on the street. You know, <laughs> it's like trying to make a viral video. Like, yeah, it's like, well, you you can make something, but getting millions of people to watch it enough to where like ads will pay for it. Like, you know, it's just there's that doesn't really happen on purpose a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it has to just like it has to be something. That resonates with somebody enough right. to make them want to share it, and then like thousands of people to share it, but thousands of people to share it with you know just right. in the right place, right time. Right. Yeah, I mean there are people right now in buildings in this town trying to figure out yeah. <laughs> how to manufacture that, yeah. which is why I think a lot of I went. Did you see sort of a surge? I'm sure, and you know, from Dallas alone, but from around the country, from that song. Yeah, well, played on there? yeah. I mean, it was it was played in Houston. And then, like, what happened okay. is that guy um, put out an email on, like, a, or, or a message on a message board to, like, all of these radio people in Christian music. And, like, one of the stations that picked it up was K-Love, and they're a network nationwide of, yeah. like, 400 stations or something like that. Yeah, they're a monster. Yeah. And so, like, normally, like, a record label has a radio team who's campa- campaigning for a song to, like, get on and, like everybody's making phone calls and like we hadn't made one phone call and like this song was charting on the billboard charts like it was just <laughs> That's so crazy. crazy yeah and if you listen to it it's not a single really? what, what's the name of the song it's called your hands okay it's just a super slow like folk song that was really heartfelt and for one reason or another how do you dance to that song i guess you could do interpretive or yeah it was like want. a yeah. contemporary mm-hmm. dance because they did one to like a i don't know it was that show or dancing with the stars somebody did like a civil war song a few years ago and i was like really that's what we're dancing to Jesus, we're gonna dance to really moody acoustic music totally. all right yeah. well I'm, I'm on board because i write really moody acoustic <laughs> music. i can do that really well yeah. uh, that, that is interesting i mean out of all the shows that could that are on television right now that you could put your music in that does seem like an odd choice yeah to pick out of the barrel uh the, i read somewhere that you did jennifer love hewitt sing your song on something yes on some very... Uh, it was like a... It was a... Okay. It was, it was her last show that she had, which was uh, where she played like a madam or something. Or maybe she was like yeah, a... Yeah. It's called The Client List. Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, basically, the song placements that we've gotten... Is that a focus on the family? Yeah. <laughs> <or not? laughs> we, we can't really announce it on social media. Oh, yeah. What do you do with that? That's, we just that, don't. You just kind of have to let it lie yep. there. 
It's but, she's, but she actually like sang it. Like it wasn't did. like the song was used, but no. she is. How? That's so bizarre. I know. It was, it, yeah, it's really interesting. Did you know beforehand or was it one of those where it's like, hey, like somebody calls and was like, tune in the night and then click. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> we, we work with the song placement company. Yeah. And so they're always working to try to get these placements. And so they just landed that one and told us, hey, Jennifer Love Hewitt's going to be singing your song. It was so. like, yay! And then we saw And we're like, like what's, what's the show about? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that, that is really interesting. I just talked to... Are you familiar with Small Town Poets? Yeah. Well, that, that, I just talked to them yesterday and they had this similar thing this week where they had a... They had one of their old shirts on like a show on NBC that a character wore and it was like a really good like screenshot. They had it and they watched the video and it was like... The the dialogue that was used in the scene is just nothing they would ever play for like their crowd. So they just yeah. had to like they they didn't even want to tell like what the show was or anything. They were mm-hmm. just sort of like, oh, this is sort of. Oh. I know. Like, it's... They get excited and then they can only really show their friends and yeah. you know it's like the biggest break small time poets got in like ten years. Sure. You're like, are you kidding me? Well, but I think the um, it kind of speaks a little bit towards just our general philosophy about our music and. Um, I think like the industry in general, like Christian music, they have their own genre. Sure. Like, and so if you want to find the Christian music on iTunes, you go to the Christian music genre, right? And like our perspective is just basically like we want people who are outside of Christianity to hopefully find our music. And so we post it in the singer-songwriter genre. And like that might not be as ideal for sales because we're not necessarily going straight to the target market but at the same time like our target market like just as far as our mission is concerned is the world Mm -hmm. rather than just going straight to the church and so like what we hope that those tv placements and people who find the music on the singer songwriter page like we hope that it opens up the rest of jj's catalog so that like they hear the song that ends up getting a placement or whatever it happens to be, and then they end up like looking a little bit deeper yeah. and seeing like what makes JJ tick through the rest of her songs. Well, it's so obvious when you listen to it that there it doesn't seem like it's you know pandering to any type of crowd. It just seems like you really care about what you're singing about at that moment. I think that's what brings people in initially. It doesn't matter what you're singing about as long as. Like the heart is there, and I feel like people just want music that feels authentic mm-hmm. and feels honest and real to whoever's singing it. It feels a little bit dirty to talk about, you know, your your music using the term like brand or also. And I, I understand those are all sort of necessary evils to sort of you got to put it into some kind of category to so it can go out through the machine and get out to people. Totally. But that's an amazing thing also about about you know now you know you could just put it literally like this is being recorded and i will put it on a website that will go to itunes and then it's out you know yeah. quick say something amazing yeah <laughs> quick no pressure how, how can we make this viral i have unanswered prayers i have trouble i wish wasn't there and i have asked a thousand ways you would take my pain away You would take my pain away I am trying to understand How to walk 
walk this weary land Make straight the paths that crooked lie Oh Lord, before these feet of mine Oh Lord, before these feet of mine When my world is shaking Heaven stands When my heart is breaking I never leave your hands Where initially did this sort of collaboration between you two, I mean, not obviously you're clearly in love and marriage, blah, blah, blah. But no, but I, what I want to know. <laughs> love, whatever. Love, love. It's so common. I want to know. The, no, uh, <laughs> turn into James Lipton from inside the actor studio. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the red light is on on the mute thing. Is there a signal coming I, I feel like I should take a drink because you're n- another guest who mentioned that. That just means that it's, uh, it's, Recording. Okay. You need Launching. to put like a little label here that says red it's light working. Is not. <laughs> it's okay that this is red. I rarely I rarely use this mic anymore. I have like a, a studio setup at home, but this is uh I feel like every setup. I, I could have like a mashup of every guest I had on for the first thirty episodes and it was just like uh either talking about the mic or but you know, I believe it happened two two episodes ago, Colin Hay did the podcast, you know, Colin Hay uh-huh. from Minute Work and he was we, the first five minutes is he was like, where'd you get this? Like he's touching the microphone. I was like, I feel like I could do a super cut of everybody who talked about the microphone and just put that out as its own thing. It's a, it's a drinking game. Um, but, but I, yeah, how did you guys start writing songs together? Did you meet in college or? We did meet in college. Good guess. Mm-hmm. All right. And I. Is this a thing you wanted to pursue in, in no. college? Huh. <laughs> no. I didn't know what I wanted to be. Um Dave went to school to be a photojournalist, mm-hmm. and he had wanted to do that since junior high. Is that why you have to go to Afghanistan after this? Yeah, hop on my, a chopper. my chopper is yeah, <laughs> taking me across. The- <laughs> you just run out in the yard with your vest, hop on the chopper, it flies off. <laughs> when does this end? Yeah. <laughs> the chopper's coming. So anyway, um, I had just started writing songs. At that point, when when we met, um, Dave was leading worship for an on-campus ministry, and I joined the worship team, and just one day after worship team practice, I said, hey, do you guys want to hear a song that I wrote? And I, you know, You didn't know that that question would change your life? (laughs) Yes, exactly. In, like, the movie of your life, that's the one where everybody in the audience is like, oh, this This is is it. it. (laughs) That's right, man. Yeah. So, the song was clearly terrible and it didn't work out and well, it, uh, this it, podcast it was, isn't happening it right was now. terrible <laughs> however no i doubt that well you haven't heard the song <laughs> get a guitar we'll be the judge i no. don't even know which one i could probably do you remember the first songs that you wrote i don't remember them uh, all i know is i wasn't impressed yeah he wasn't but <laughs> the drummer in the worship team band really really wanted to be in a band and so he was like Awesome! I'm gonna be the drummer, Dave's gonna play the guitar, and JJ's gonna sing, and we're gonna be a band, and this is how it's gonna happen. Wow. And he Go- just kind of, yeah. That's that kind of gusto that can only come from a 20 year old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody else thinks yeah. that way, but like, oh, like 20 year olds have great ideas, but by like Christmas, they're forgotten. But mm-hmm. 
Well, at least, you know, that's something. So that got the ball rolling at yeah. least. So, I mean, we both said, all right. I mean, if you want to organize it, you can, we'll, we'll go along with it. <laughs> Out of one song? Or did you have yeah. other ones that you had, that you were sitting on, that you were like, I got a treasure trove? Well, like, she, she had written a couple of, like, funny little poems that we ended up putting to music. Okay. Uh, or that she ended up putting to music. And, like... Um, one like, of them was about a, her dog, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then the other one was about like a spork, plastic spoon fork. Oh, you know they just don't get their their due diligence. The spork, they, I know. They they really don't. Yeah. Thank God for Taco Bell. Taco Bell is really making the spork. They're carrying the torch, <laughs> the spork torch. <laughs> so the yeah. Sporch. So anyway, like those those were actually like the favorites. Like JJ would write serious stuff, and everyone would be like, "Play the spork song." Yeah. Isn't it funny how that happens? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. The first couple bands that I was in, we would write like a silly song to just make the crowd happy, and that would be the one that. That's all they would want to hear. I know. We're like, yeah, but we poured our heart out into this mm-hmm. thing. No, we don't care. Just play the one. I mean, Jenny and Tyler had that too. They have the one-eyed cat song. And right. They're like, really? Okay. You know, but the, the day, God forbid, that the one-eyed cat, which is a real cat, <laughs> ceases to exist, uh, will be the saddest day of any Jenny and Tyler fan. But it is, it, we had that conversation when they were on too. It's, it is funny how people just want sort of the novelty thing for a yeah. while. Well, I think though... What what that is telling a newer artist is like you are making a connection here. Yeah, and um, and it's something that because we're so like we're such rookies, we kind of perceive it as like, but I worked so hard on this other thing, mm-hmm. like which means so much. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good song. No. It just means you worked really hard on it. Yeah, and so like something that we've learned over like a decade of playing music is to cultivate creating moments with our crowd so that the funny song is just, or the funny thing that we say, is just a moment in the set that just wins people over to just love us and then the, the stuff that we make. Yeah. And I think a lot of newer artists want people to love the stuff and then love you because of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of like try to reverse that. Yeah. It's like fall in love with like who Dave and JJ are. And then like whatever we make, hopefully you're along for the ride. That's a really good way to look at it. I mean, that's, and that's also, like you said, that's something you just learn in time. You know, it's easy to get frustrated. And you can't choose, like we were saying earlier, like you can't choose what songs people are going to gravitate towards and then audition for a reality show too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So how does it go from that to you guys actually thinking like I think we might have a shot to doing this? Did you, were you playing shows for like your college friends and stuff, or was it that yeah. kind of thing? Mm-hmm. That's a great like training ground for doing this, like you know, full time. Just getting because you need all the confidence you can muster up from your friends who are gonna love you no matter what. Totally. <laughs> because that's not gonna be the case for a while. You have to sort of start over again once you once you leave it. That's my experience anyway. Though. That might not be. Yours. No, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's college in general, right? College is sort of a bubble mm-hmm. that you know prepares parts of you for the world, but then you still have to go out and figure it know, out. Figure it out. Yeah. So what was the what was the journey there as far as like getting songs together and and playing? Where there was it sort of a rough beginning, or did it seem to climb pretty easily from there? Well, I think we. Um, 
we won a couple of competitions, which like allowed so, us. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it like allowed <laughs> us to get like spots at local festivals. Yeah, and, th- and things like that, which was like it was fun. But normally, like the thing that nobody tells you about those competitions is normally getting on stage at a festival doesn't necessarily mean there will be people in the seats in front of you. That's true. At the festival. Yeah. And so like there's there's so much anticipation that this thing is going to be your big break. And normally the thing that you're anticipating will be your big break is never your big break. That's true. Right? Yeah. It's usually the side door, not the front door. Uh-huh. Totally. The opportunities mm-hmm. come through. Yeah. And so like I feel like when you're new, you're just trying to build your resume and you're trying to like make everyone think you're something real special Mm. and like what and that was like kind of the first two years of our full-time career was just trying to impress people and i think eventually we realized like hey we're not very cool like (laughs) maybe we should just be the couple that's not very cool who happens to play music just own that right Yeah. yeah and like after we did that's when people really started to buy our music. Mm-hmm. What do you mean that you decided that you weren't very cool? What does that mean? Well, we were trying to be rock stars at okay. the beginning. Um, In what way? Well, I was just a huge fan of Alanis Morissette. And, Who wasn't? <laughs> and Isn't. then Jennifer Knapp. Too. Yeah, of so course. So kind of just like, we're going to like get up on stage and kind of be a little tough and... Uh, Except that you weren't. I know. Like creating, so it wasn't working. Was it like creating mystique or creating like, what, what were you trying to do? Was, I, I think the thing is that there was a we conflict. Didn't, we didn't know what we were trying to <laughs> yeah, do. There, there, was, there was just not a whole lot of direction. Yeah. Mm. And so like on the one hand, we were making music that was really tough as we perceived it. But at the same time, JJ's stage persona was like very gentle mm-hmm. actually and kind of like shy. Mm. Um, and so like they just didn't really make sense like there was no um, like resonance yeah. with what was going on and so like a big part of making that first record in Tennessee was that like we made something that felt true yeah rather than like the like, rock and roll stuff that just didn't make sense with like the really nice like girl out of college yeah is that what the early stuff was more rock and roll yeah and I mean, it, it's totally cliche to say it, but it it took us a while to figure out who we were as artists. You don't say and, it. <laughs> I think you're the only person that's ever done it, that. I, I mean, mean, I came out of the womb pretty awesome, so... <laughs> I've talked to the rest of the town, and we have too. Like, I don't know, we don't... Maybe you should keep that to your... We won't record that. We'll edit that out. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it does. It takes time to figure, yeah. like, you know, Amy Grant... Said it best. It takes a little time to turn that Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> that That's a great song. Uh, I think about that every time somebody says it takes a little time. I think about the Titanic <laughs> turning back around. I was like, wait, it didn't give it, though. Give it time.
No, but it's true, especially as an artist, I feel like figuring out who you are as a person, it, it's definitely directly correlated, but it can feed into like, oh, maybe I'm just the shy, nerdy person that's on stage and I'll, it's sort of part of your charm to maybe stumble over your explanations totally. of songs and, yep. you know, and I've seen people like use that and it works so well. And I'm like, how did they do that? Like the, you know, being in the audience and watching the audience be in the palm of their hands mm-hmm. and they're not doing anything like fantastically Bono-esque yeah. or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just being who they are. Mm-hmm. And totally. that's, once again, that's sort of where I, I, audiences, you know, flock to that for the most part as far as keeping their attention, maybe. Well, I mean, it's just the the authenticity of someone who knows what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they're doing it really well right then. And, like, I think the audience can sense when when somebody is trying to be something that, that they're not. Absolutely. Right? And, the, and they can sense when you're feeling really uncomfortable, too. And the last thing you want to do is make your audience feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. and feel sorry for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Pit stains tend to do that too. <laughs> well, so we learned early on that when when we make a mistake, when there's a huge train wreck on stage, um, in the beginning, especially I used to get super embarrassed. And, um, and then what we realized is we can totally use that moment to bond with the audience. And so whenever, if I forget a lyric or he misses a chord hypothetically we were no yeah, i never Dave, we're, <laughs> yeah no 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 so we'll just like stop in the middle of the song and just say man we totally messed up right now and just and oh then that's ev- so charming and that's then so, everybody yeah. laughs mm. and then it's their favorite part of the show isn't that weird yeah <laughs> it, but i mean i think when we were younger we might have stopped and just been like Oops. Oh, man. Yeah. We, I'm so been... sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry. We're the sorry. worst. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh. Painfully Over-apologizing, yes. self-deprecating guy. Yeah. I wasn't that for four years straight <laughs> at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Why would you even bring that up? Um, no, that's so true. Do you have any advice for people who... There's a lot of musicians and artists who listen to this podcast. Like, what would you... Like, is there any advice to sort of getting to that point of... Or figuring out, like, who you are as an artist? <laughs> Well, I, I feel like a big thing is just paying attention to what people are responding to. Mm-hmm. And like, I think sometimes we're so concerned with trying to portray ourselves in such a light that we're not even paying attention to like what's actually resonating with people. And so, you know, when I'm talking to other artists, I'm just asking them like, what is the thing? What, what's, what's the time in your set where you just feel like everyone is with you? And like, pay attention to that, because like, that is what will power the rest of your career, mm-hmm. is like getting the audience with you. And so, if it's if it's funny songs, maybe you should start writing some funny songs. And if it's like the song that makes everybody cry, then write songs that make people cry. Yeah. And I think it's important to um, to invite the audience along with you. I mean, which seems kind of obvious, but I think. A lot of times artists will just go up on stage and have this whole perspective that this is my music and I'm going to play it. I don't mm. care if you're listening or not. Um, and Which you have to do in Nashville. Yeah. yeah you kind of do. Totally. And it's a, t- I mean, it's, it's a self-defense mm. mechanism. Um, however, I feel like 
when you do that, you're pushing, you're always keeping the audience at arm's distance. So even if you're an amazing musician, there's still this, like, the audience still can't necessarily connect with you because you're not inviting them yeah. to. And, and so for us, like, we are surrounded, I mean, where we live with people, like, hundreds, if not thousands of people who are more talented than us. Like, but we have found a, a way to connect with our audience. Mm. Um, and that I feel like in a lot of circumstances is more important than how, how skilled you are well, playing I think your instrument. There is a threshold that you need to reach to, you need to be this skilled right. to make a living. Yeah. Right. But then you surpass that skill. And sometimes you think like, well, I'm so much better than these other people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to connect with an audience, mm. right? And like, and if all the super talented people like actually got paid like what their talent was worth, we would totally be out of a job, mm -hmm. right? But it's like, it's not talent equals success. It's like talent plus relatability plus love like there needs to be something likable yeah like there's all of these different sort of components you need to have if you're independent you need to have a mind for business like there's all of these different factors that are just sort of like cogs in the machine or spokes in the wheel or whatever yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of hard work yeah i, I mean i feel like depending on who you meet it takes time for each each artist that you meet will have a different sort of thing that they struggle with or that they're, you know, they might be really good at promoting themselves, but maybe the songs aren't quite there. Mm -hmm. And like learning what your, not where your weakness is, but where your strengths are too. I feel I, like, which is hard because you have to be really honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you have to ask for help, which, mm -hmm. you know, is also a lot of people have, have problems with. But uh, I mean, that's definitely, that's really good advice. I'm, I'm just gonna make some calls here. No, I'm getting my phone to check to check because uh, there was a, a Twitter questions that people wanted me oh, to cool. ask you guys. Let me check and see if our daughter is awake or asleep real quick. Well, we're okay. The only one. The only one was, "Do you miss Arizona?" That was funny. Well, JJ, do you miss Arizona? Uh, I do. I have especially missed it this winter, with all the snow and ice in. I was about to say. Tennessee. Yeah, I know you were a West Coaster, mm -hmm. so. Glad to see that you're alive, uh, because this was a rough one. Yeah. Um, I miss being close to family. Um, I was just out there. I go out there once a year and play play shows, and it's... I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it's sort of... And I said it on stage. It feels like we're not supposed to be there. <laughs> oh, man. There's a sense of, like, yeah. right outside. There, like, not even, like, a quarter of a mile is something that can kill us all. <laughs> And it seems like somebody was just like, well, there's a bunch of desolate stuff. Let's put a strip mall here. And I was just like, we're, guys, do you feel this? And they were all like, yeah, but we're like pioneers. We're like, what are we going to do? Like, like they, they own it. They're like, you know, and I, things you mentioned, like, you know, mowing the lawn. They're like, what's that? Like, are you mean our dirt that's yeah. out there? Like, or rocks? Mo yeah, moving the rocks around. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was like. You want to go move our rocks or, you know, <laughs> sort them by size? I don't know what, yeah. what the... There's a lot of things where I have to remember, especially when you fly out to places, like, that 
they're not going to get sort of reference points to certain things. They're like, oh, what's that? Or they'll sort of like, you know, laugh at you. One amazing thing that I will give Arizona props for, uh, no condensation on glasses. Did you know that? What? That's what that, they told me. It's not to the same degree. They're still You know what? I want to believe it. Because, well, I'm, I, I was drinking out of a glass uh, at this house show, and I put it down on a coffee table, and I was like, wait, do you have a coaster? And they all laughed, and they're like, we don't need coasters. There's no condensation in Arizona. And then they laughed for 39 minutes. Wow. And it was, it was a long, it was, un, there was no need for it, but, you know, it's Arizona. And in, uh, the town that I played in was outside of Phoenix. It was, um... Surprise? Surprise! Yes! Thank you! You read my mind. I was like, I'm, I'm blanking on what it was. It was called Surprise, Arizona, which is the greatest name. Anytime I'm there, yeah. I'm like... It's so good to be in surprise. You have to. How do you not? They oh call my gosh. it surprise because it's um, you're surprised that anybody lives there. <laughs> it totally is. And uh, shout out to anybody from that show. That just, was just kidding. Was listening. No, this is, but they know it. Like that's the thing with people in Arizona. They have such a good sense of humor about the about where they live and everything. The people that I met anyway. But it was very. Surprise! I want to run for mayor of Surprise, Arizona, because I have so many ideas. <laughs> like, why is like the biggest industry? I feel like the biggest industry there should be like Party City, and we should just sell party supplies <laughs> in Surprise, Arizona. That's a good call. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, have you noticed this about Arizona audiences though that they are very reserved? Uh, we yes, we've noticed that. Yes, like we have to go into it thinking, okay. We're going to be on stage. They're going to look like they hate us, but they do not hate us. Yeah. Because then they're, I mean, typically they don't applaud for very long or very loudly. They don't smile a whole lot while they're listening to <laughs> yeah. the show. Yeah, they're taking it in. Yeah. But then after the show, they'll oh, all come up and say, hugs. thank you so and, much. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was amazing. So. I definitely noticed this. Uh, it also is weirdly in the Northeast as well. I've also found yeah. this. And and it's it's not that I'm... I have to remember that I'm not a stand-up comedian. <laughs> that I'm like performing songs. That And I'm always like, I wish people... You know, I played for many years for the aforementioned uh, shows. You know, audiences who weren't really paying attention. Um, that I have to remember that they're actually taking it in. And they're listening to what you're saying and maybe... That doesn't warrant an immediate response, you know. If we could yeah. see the thought bubble of their brains, totally, it would be wonderful. Yeah, it would be a surprise party. Uh, but yeah, I have found that, and I think it's just a southern thing. I, I grew up playing shows in the south, and you're used to people being a little bit more, you know, demonstrative. Thank you. I that's way nicer of a word than I was going <laughs> to use. <laughs> Shirtless is what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I weirdly enough, you know, I, just, I, I have sort of a notes app on my phone like we all do, and I write down ideas for songs when I'm, when I'm driving around or, or whatever. So I started doing that for the podcast, too, because I'm like, I'll think of something. I'm like, oh, that'd be fun to ask somebody. So these are just random questions, and I'm going to pick one out of random and yeah, ask you. Did you answer, even answer the question? She missed Arizona. Yeah. Well, that was somebody on Twitter asked if she missed Arizona. Okay. I do I was, miss Arizona. I was just making sure. Really, you know <laughs> Keep what? Keep her on track. Something dude. I love about <laughs> Phoenix is that they have these mountain preserves in the middle of the city. So you can just really? drive and go hiking. In the middle of the city? Yep. I missed that. Yeah. That's you should pretty pay great. more attention. Yeah, I was. I was staring at my GPS, is what I was doing. <laughs> just terrified of. You know, hitting a coyote or something because that could happen. Yeah, yes. I, I, if I had a nickel for every time I hit a coyote with my car, 
You'd have enough to put in like a tank of gas, maybe. I, that'd be no. a very poor man. That, that sentence never gets finished. I want that sentence <laughs> always. Uh, <laughs> I don't. A lot of these are really entertaining because I don't know. I didn't really say the full thing. Oh, here's a good one. Are you superstitious at all? And I thought of this because one time, well, no, I would say twice in high school or around that age, I got into two car accidents right after I filled up my car with a full tank of gas. So now literally every time I think about, every time I top off my tank, I think like, am I gonna get in a wreck? Although I've had far more times when I filled up my tank and I didn't, you still, maybe not superstitious as much as like think about those things and how they correlate or like run yeah. together. Anything like, like that <laughs> come to mind? You can say no. Not, well, you know, actually, um, are you familiar with Brene Brown? Yes. Well? Yeah. Okay. Well, she talks about joy and how it's the scariest yeah. emotion. There, there's like a TED Talk or something there where she talks about this. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I think Sorry. so. But just the fact that... Um, that everybody is a little bit superstitious. Like sometimes we're afraid to say things out loud mm. because when you watch a, a show, like if uh, she talks about if if the family's in the minivan and the music is playing and they're all laughing and smiling, Something bad's you happening. know that yeah. they're about to get in the wreck. It's true. And so, um, so I've noticed that about myself and I never thought I was superstitious before mm -hmm. until I heard her talking about that. And then it made me aware. And so now... I'm hmm. trying to, because before I would be afraid to be thankful because I wouldn't want to say out loud, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that my family has been healthy for so long. Then boom. Yeah. The plague hits the totally. house. <laughs> so, um, so just being more aware of that has helped me to just be more grateful in general yeah. because I won't, I'm not as afraid to say things out loud because I'm not as superstitious about it yeah if that makes sense. as you used to be yeah that was the most thoughtful answer <laughs> <laughs> all right dave give me the thoughtless answer i i'm not superstitious so i i just can't go be more pragmatic and more like this is dumb there's no connection exactly between, yeah. but i can't believe that she pulled that out of her butt <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> Well, I started talking and I was I was thinking he he probably thinks I'm avoiding no. this question. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, well, I think about that. I think just as an, I think artists do this in general and maybe other people as well, which I can't speak to because uh, I'm not another person. I am me. <laughs> Let's pray. Um, I don't know why, but I, I I connect things constantly and I'm looking for connections. I think we do that as humans. We look to connect things and and make correlations with things, and often it can be. Well, clearly, if we're, we, you know, we are obsessed with like balance in the universe and we think so often that if something good happens, something bad's around the corner. And I think a lot of it is a condition because of that, because TV shows teach us that. Like yeah. there are certain shows where it's a red herring. If Hello something lost, uh, yeah. exactly. Uh -huh. If anybody on lost smiles, something totally. bad's They're about to happen. Die. <laughs> it's or coming up. Lose a limb or at least. <laughs> because I think that, I think that is whenever, <laughs> whenever somebody is happy. We're, and, and then they and then something horrible happens to them. We're like, well, at least they were happy at the end. We can have that thought. I don't know. Or Breaking Bad. There's these shows where that happens, where it's like, oh no, he's happy. This isn't good. Everybody yeah. buckle down. Dude, I totally. There, there was this time when we were watching Lost, like, and um, I made this observation. Where it was like, every time something is about to happen, something happens to Saeed. <laughs> like, he Saeed. always gets hit over the head. Or, he does. Uh, you know, it was awful. First season. For sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. I feel like every season, one character just got it yeah. over and over. It's true. You know, and, you, and that's when you really are tested by 
like your devotion to certain characters. Like you didn't know you loved Sawyer enough, and then he just kept getting hit with all this stuff. You know. There you go. I also blame shows like that for like my brain wants to size people up, and I don't want to like this character. But then you show somebody's backstory, and you're like, man, I struggle with that too. Dang it, I love Hurley. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, we always wrap up, we, me, uh, wrap up the, the podcast with a lo- uh, series of lightning round questions. Okay. You, since there are two of you, you can both answer. I'm not, or you can toss it back and forth. Okay. You do whatever you want. They, they are completely uh, unrelated to each other, so it's going to seem super random. But um, I get the light out of it, so who cares? I don't know why I'm qualifying this. Uh, do, you, do you have a surprising uh, musical influence? This isn't very lightning, is it? No, it's okay. <laughs> the, the questions are more lightning more than the answers are. Okay. And I edit this, so take your time. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, like, a surprising person from like, okay. Christian music. Um, or just somebody that they're like, I would never know that JJ is like, influenced by this artist. Well, in or you, Dave, high school, just... I hung out with this group of guys. They played guitar. They were in a band, and they introduced me to alternative music. Uh, and I've so I, li- I listened to like alternative rock. And so like who? Uh, just like the the big ones, like the Pearl Jam, uh-huh. like your Nirvanas, yep. your or yeah, smashing, smashing in there. Smashing yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins. What about like Presidents of the United States? Uh-huh. Or something? Oh, I love like, the Presidents. Yeah. Like it's amazing to me that like when a song from the 90s comes on that's just like grunge alternative I'll know all the words she'll just start singing along and Weezer like, Who oh yeah. You? yeah if you want to destroy, destroy my sweater whoa, whoa whoa it's the best I mean that I think it's amazing even now like on satellite radio or whatever we're like on 90s on 9 the uh, like president's like peaches will come on yeah like I haven't sung my own songs with as much with, with as much passion and fervor <laughs> as when I sing millions of peaches peaches for me millions of peaches peaches, peaches for, for free, free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good one I'm, those early influences are really because I feel like I held on to my Weezer influence for a long time because I feel like before them I sort of took that was sort of my in my early you know schooling of music was around that same time when all that stuff was on the radio and I thought you just had to take so much so seriously and they were they sort of like they seem to take really silly things seriously but it's still like I felt the passion and emotion behind it you know yeah. that's a good good lesson okay hang on I've, okay I've got a reference for you oh no okay <laughs> so when I was a kid I went to a concert that my parents took me to and it was this uh this husband and wife duo called Steve and Annie, Annie Chapman. Okay. Okay, so... Steve Curtis? No, Steve <laughs> okay, just and Steve. Annie Chapman. Okay. And, um, and so, like, I really enjoyed their show. And at the end of the show, I was like, I want to take those people home for dinner. Like, can they come home for dinner? And so, like, in the back of my mind, that's just been something that's always influenced the way that we play shows. Oh. It's like, if somebody wants to invite us home for dinner because they think that we could be friends, yeah. we've mission accomplished, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I, I just wanted to play you uh, just a little snippet of, um, Steve and, of Steve and Annie Chapman. Yeah, play it. Ooh. <laughs> I know, man. It's like... Shh, I'm taking it in. I love that it's on Spotify. This is a super long intro. <laughs> long intro. Yeah, let's go. Who produced this? 16 bars. 
it's still going. <laughs> Here it comes. Okay, that's enough. This is like 1988. <laughs> yeah, man, this is like, this, it, it is. It's totally going back to the 80s. But the um, production. 86. Oh, yeah. so close. So, um, yeah, they they're a major influence. Not on my music. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was philosophy. waiting for the other shoe to drop on that. No, I mean, I I totally, yeah, I totally get where that's come from. You take things, even if it's not like creative, you can take things from like, oh, I like how they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. That's a good response. I need to come up with. A, there's totally a better sample. This. I, oh, I, here it is. I want to think that you like jog around the neighborhood to this. Is this you got a friend in me? I know. It totally sounds like it. <laughs> I wish you could see the look that JJ gave Dave just now. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough. Um, yeah. Check them out. That's amazing. Steve, Steve and I can Chairman. confidently say nobody's going to check them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was the first album that you bought with your own money? Do you All remember for that? one. <laughs> yes. Really? Nice. Yes. I... Is, wait, All for One was, uh, what was the big hit? It was... Uh... I'll look it up. As we stroll along together, holding hands, walking all alone. You don't keep going, what's keep going. Uh, well, yeah, what's the, what's the hook? Or wait, maybe are they, are they I swear? Four? I swear. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, we could just do this. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Four. One. Spelled out. <laughs> you can't spell one out? Okay, that's fine. Uh, what do you say during sound check? That's my new favorite one. Favorite question to ask. Oh, it's boring. Check. You just say that? <laughs> oh, you're one of those? Oh, come on. Oh, it's okay. It, I, I love that question because sound check is so weirdly daunting to me. It's like, Especially if there's people milling around the venue. Oh, I and know. I, I don't ever vulnerable. know what to do. It is. And, and it's like a the pre-show show yeah. in a weird way. And like, do I come up with a clever cover to put? There's just a lot of... I tell people now, like, if you see somebody doing soundcheck, just be kind because you, you don't... Like, they're never more vulnerable than in that moment. Like, do you play a song you're going to play in the set? Like, it's just... Yeah. You know, it's so weird. I love the guys that are like, no, it's not a big deal at all. And I'm like, oh, well, you're just cool all the time then. That's not fun. <laughs> I guess that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, what, uh, ooh, this, I just wrote this one down today. Uh, what movie or TV show do you guys quote most frequently in your everyday life? Wow. Is there like a go-to? What, what do I quote to you? I feel like we do quote. Um, sometimes we quote Star Wars. Sometimes we quote, do we do Princess Bride ever? We do Princess Bride That's a good pretty one. frequently. I, I think like, I think Star Wars is pretty common. But normally it's like we're replacing a, a word. Okay. Like instead of these are not the droids you're looking for, yeah. it's like these are not the sippy cups you're looking <laughs> yeah. for. It's not JJ says I love you and you say I know. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, that's, I feel like that speaks volumes about like the level of, how much certain shows or movies get it permeated into our into our psyche and also just like what resonates with the person princess bride is a good one because that's i feel like my household growing up was was we were all princess bride 
all the time. This is the first movie that like everybody agreed on. This is awesome. It wasn't like an annoying one that the kids bugged the parents with or whatever. Um, what is your first memory of the internet? Oh man, it's just like the modem sound. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh gosh. Never was there a frustration uh, and anticipation put to sound like that modem that started. That is so <laughs> true. Like it's, oh here we go. And also like, really? We're not there yet? Yeah, yeah, just waiting for a page to load forever. Like, really what I remember is, like, the tan color. Like, everything was beige. Yes. Right? And so it was just, like, beige computer, beige modem. Oh, you're right. Yeah. And, like, there was just so little... Nothing was pleasing about the design <laughs> of anything computer-related until, like, Steve Jobs reinvented it's Macintosh. True. Yeah. Like, everything was just, like, boxes and beige and disgusting. <laughs> How do you really feel? Yeah, let's just, uh, let's get it all out there. Don't hold back. Basically, I'm really happy that Apple exists. Yeah. yeah let's pray. Um, what about you, JJ? Um, I remember... Signing up for my first email account and thinking it was kind of magic. And we had just started, like, that was around the time when we met each other. What was your email address? Was it JJLovesDavid at Hotmail? No, well, it was at Juno.com. Yes. Mine was Heller Good. <laughs> because everyone was saying Hella Good yeah, at the time. Yeah. I thought it was really clever to, to make my email No doubt wrote a song about you. Hella Good. I, think there's a... <laughs> I love early screen names, too, because it was like... It was sort of taught to us that we had to like be cryptic and because but and now it's like the most annoying thing when you're like really just your name and Gmail will right, do. Exactly. Is there a need? <laughs> to, yeah. You know, it's like nobody figured out that you could put a period in between your, like, no. your name. No, for a while it was like <laughs> I have to be like Foxy Superstar. <laughs> One two four six. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. For a while on here, when I would ask that question, uh, we were trying to come up with like a name, like a, an email address. We'd just make one up like that, like Foxy Superstar 1246, <laughs> and, and then look it up and email that person during the show and see if it comes up. Usually it'd just come back to say like failure at mailerdamon. Yeah. Uh, okay, in the show with uh, you telling, making us all feel better by telling uh, a bad show story. Um, this past weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I want to hear it. It's it's what's amazing about it. It doesn't matter what point in your career is. You could always just have a lousy show. Amen, yeah. brother. We're twelve years in. And this Still is, happens. This is a. What life. made this show particularly um, wonky? We use that word. I think for us, what makes it a bad show is if nobody's listening. Oh, absolutely. Um. And just the way it was set up, like the the promoter was a super awesome guy, had the best intentions, but it was a fundraising event, and we were the very last thing of the evening, mm. and everything was going overtime by like two hours. Oh no! The event started at five thirty. We were supposed to go on at nine. Nine. Whoa! Didn't, didn't get on until ten thirty. By the end of it, there were. You've exhausted your audience first yeah. off at that point. Yeah. There were oh. there were like fifteen to twenty people left. Who were maybe listening. Yeah. So I mean, but like that's the, the irony is that like even if you're getting paid well, it's still not fulfilling. No, yeah. no, no, no. Like 
it just feels like you feel bad that you're getting paid well. Yeah. To like be a part of. A I've had those. Show. I've had those moments too, and there is. It's a little bit of a comforting feeling of like, oh, good, I'm not doing music for money. You know, like if That's I was, because sometimes it's like, well, you know, especially when you have to. I my I book myself, so I'm like, you know, you. I want to make sure that I get paid for my time and and all this stuff, and you, and you can't kind of convince yourself like, gosh, why is it such a big deal? But then, you know, you get in a moment like that and you're like, no, I want this to go. I want everybody to be happy and involved and, you know, engaged. And when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, no, you can't pay me enough to do this every night. Cause <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a rough one. That's a sad answer. It was sad. <laughs> you guys. Well, what's your, there are the occasional, you know, bad show stories that you're like, oh, after you're done with it, you're like, well, at least we have a story. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So. Well, I have a, one funny story. All because, right, hit me with it. Okay, so um, it was after we had met Jeremy Casella. It's all his fault. Yep, and um, and we had had like a tour fell through, and I just decided I'm going to go ahead and book a couple of shows with Jeremy, and he'll fly out and we'll play these shows together. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy flies out to California, and we played a couple of, of different gigs, and this was like the last one. And it's, uh, it's at this venue where we've had a lot of success in the past. Mm. Um, but for whatever reason, it was really empty. Like this venue was before showtime. We're getting ready to pray with the promoter before we go on. And the promoter is trying to kind of encourage us before we go on. And he just says, like, guys, I just want to let you know that I feel like <laughs> oh no I know where you're going and I, I feel like there are angels in the seats tonight is what oh, he that's said. not what I thought so, you were yeah. so, so Jeremy without even <laughs> skipping a beat just says like well that's great do angels buy CDs <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that's amazing it's always bad when you're praying with the promoter and they're like dear god please let somebody show up tonight <laughs> Oh, well, that's amazing. Thank you guys for letting me come to your wonderful home and bug you for an hour and while your kids nap upstairs. No problem. Or try to. And that does it for episode 75. If you'd like to check out more of JJ and Dave's music, you could do so on iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere music is sold. Plus, you can follow uh, JJ on Twitter at JJ Heller or on Facebook.com slash JJ Heller Music. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at who writes pod plus facebook.com slash who writes this stuff and uh, share with me what you learned this week and I'll read it right here on the show um, well thanks for listening for episode 75 and season 3 and who writes this stuff I'm Nick Flora now go to something creative <laughs>